0: Hello, little folks. Do you know who I am? I'm old Santa Claus. All night long, I've been climbing in and out of chimneys, leaving toys and the candy, and oh, such wonderful presents for all the little folks. Did you ever hear Santa Claus sing? Well, you're going to hear him now.
1: It's that special time of year again, and for kids, let's be honest, it's all about the toys. Now that might seem misguided to some, but for children, toys are not just toys, there's a magic there. As adults, sometimes we feel like we have to leave the magic of Christmas morning behind, but we don't have to. Welcome to Intangible Alberta. Why
2: don't
1: you go ahead and introduce yourself?
0: Uh, my name is Shane Turgeon. Uh, I do lots of stuff, generally involving nerdy things. Um, I own a toy and comic book store. I've written uh, two coffee table books on Star Wars tattoos, as well as co-wrote a Star Wars collectibles book. I was the co-founder and general manager of the Edmonton Expo here in town, and I run the Edmonton Collector Con, which is a small three times a year dedicated just to toys and comic books uh, small event. I grew up at the end of a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. It's as rural as rural can get. Uh, I I grew up with toys. I was a a product of the 80s, you know what I mean? And when you live, you know, as an only child, literally at the end of a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, it was toys and comic books.
1: Like most kids, I loved my toys. I used to put on elaborate plays using those little actors. I would mix and match Ninja Turtles with G.I. Joe, Bucky O'Hare with Marvel, These were little worlds that I made just for me. I composed little scenes and let them play out, never quite knowing how they would end until they did. And then they did end, for good. I can't remember if I stopped playing with my toys because I felt I had to or because something changed in my brain and I just couldn't. Either way, playtime was over. Some of my action figures, the ones I really cared about, went in a box of their own, apart from the bottomless wooden bin where all the other toys were kept. These were my guys, and I wanted to keep them around. Even when I was a teenager, I figured one day I'd bring them out and share them with my own child. That was my rationale anyway. I just couldn't bear to get rid of them. And I'm glad I never did.
0: I think there is a point where you're probably around 12 years old where all of a sudden you start to notice girls differently. Um and you are no longer interested in, in your toys or like all your buddies are into cool stuff and you start discovering, you know, music or all these other things outside of this world that you've had for the last twelve years and now it's not that important to you. And I think most people like their moms or their dads will just be like, You're too old for that stuff and you gotta get rid of that stuff and there's this point where you just you, you get rid of it all. And I did that. But in the process I was also doing this weird transition where, you know, like I distinctly remember my mom saying to me, like, you need to find a hobby. And I was like, well, I have one. She's like, collecting toys isn't a hobby. I was like, well, why can't it be a real hobby? And in 1990, Toy Biz released um, their first Marvel superhero toys. And so I, I was 13, 12, 13, and I started buying those, but I wasn't really playing with them. I was putting them on a shelf. Okay, occasionally they'd come off the shelf and I'd play with them a little bit, but I'd put them back on the shelf. They didn't go in a toy box or anything, they went on display. And that was the transition point. 1991, I had bought my first toy guide um, and I was like, oh, Star Wars toys are worth money? I want to get Star Wars toys and we had just moved here. So I started asking all the kids that I went to high school with, can I have all your old toys? Can I have all your old toys? And I just started building up a collection from there. And then it just kind of snowballed from there into like, I'm just getting everything that I can. So, and then I started selling off extras, and then I started dealing, and then it started to just turn into this whole other thing.
1: When my first son was old enough, I got out that old box of action figures to share with him, just like I'd been planning to for all those years. And when I did, something clicked. I remembered, and I wanted more. I started searching them out at secondhand stores, putting together a modest little collection that grew from 25 year old seeds. Quite naturally and somewhat unexpectedly, vintage toy collecting became a hobby of mine, as it has for many others. Part of what drew me back in was purely aesthetic. When I was a kid, I thought my toys looked so awesome. The colors, the textures, the characters. As an adult, I was suddenly aware of not only the finished product, but the process from which it came.
0: I've talked to a lot of, of, of toy designers, toy sculptors, toy artists, um, people who were involved in the designing and making of toys. And for them, it was more than just a job. They loved what they got to do every day. And when you know that, or when you see the entire concept of an action figure laid out from conceptual sketch to final toy with everything in between, you see the love that the team put into making that figure. It was way more to them than just a job. They were putting their creativity and their soul and their energy into making a toy. And we get to this point with, with toys where we just they become a, a disposable consumable. Where we look at it on a shelf and it's like, oh, it's just like rows and rows and rows of action figures and they're just toys and they're just whatever. But they're not. Each individual toy is a work of art and an engineering marvel. Everything that goes into making a toy is phenomenal. From the, from the labor of love, from the artistic uh, capabilities of everyone who works on it, to the costs involved in, in the R&D and the development of a toy. It's incredible what goes into it. Um, and and we just pass it off as just something on a shelf. When you actually start to understand what goes into making things, they become even a lot more special than the the childhood bond that we had with them as well.
1: This November, I attended my first Edmonton Collectors Con and met other hobbyists with similar sensibilities. Okay, so why don't you start by telling me your name?
3: Trevor Schneider.
1: Okay, Trevor, and how long have you been uh, into toy collecting for?
3: Uh, my entire life, I'd say my first piece was about 1984 when I was four years old. I strongly believe every action figure, every statue uh, is not just a, a toy but a piece of art. Uh, somebody's taken their their creative uh, ability and, and applied it and utilized uh, like a, a mastermind per se to create something on a mass scale that resonates with a large group of people. And to me, that's amazing one of the reasons i collect is because it uh, the creativity the the design the motivation and the drive and and the detail and, and effort required in making and creating a collectible is unreal and to own it and appreciate it is it's an experience in itself and it's it's an experience i like to have over and over and over hence why I collect and I get rid of and some things I'll never get rid of and I like to bring myself to that creative uh, mindset and and, ha- and surrounding myself with that creative energy because I believe people pour their energy into uh, what they create and I believe that that helps me drive my own creativity
1: because you said you're a photographer right?
3: Correct. I am a full-time photographer. Yes.
1: So even though, I mean, obviously you have a a strong aesthetic sensibility. And so even though you're, you're not necessarily making toys, um, the the creative process that goes into it spurs you in your own, you said?
3: Correct. Yeah. It, it, uh, it does uh, spur my own creativity in in my, in my industry uh, because it, uh, it allows me to draw from that energy.
1: To me, when I'm thinking about you know the the action figures or whatever toy it is it's it's that real kind of sensory experience of like seeing it you're touching it you're kind of remembering the the, the tactile uh, experience um, the smell even it's triggering something mm-hmm. that would otherwise be actually I think very difficult to trigger mm-hmm. you know if, if even if you just were thinking back to the memory, it wouldn't bring you back in the same way.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, specifically talking about smell, I remember, like, there's a very distinct smell that came with vintage Star Wars toys, um, vehicles and playsets, sets, um, and the catalogs. Because the toys always came with a catalog that showed you all the other toys that you could buy. very smart marketing on their point, but the catalogs had a very particular smell. Um, and I ended up with a catalog um, quite a few years ago that still had like it was fresh, like it had just come out. And it was just like, oh my God, like that's that, that, that's that childhood. It just sparked that instant thing. And, and maybe all of this is because it takes us back to being a kid when there was awe to something. When you look at the people who were working on the ground floor, mm-hmm. the people who were pouring
1: all of their time and thoughts and creativity into these things, they, they were works of art, they were expressions of creativity, um, and, and they were exercises in teamwork you know, all these things, right? So it's actually really incredible and beautiful to think about a team of people working really hard to create art that will bring awe to children. Mm -hmm. And you know, I love when you mentioned awe. I mean, because that's really what it is. When Mm -hmm. you're a kid and you get a new toy that you love, you feel awe. And I think that's something as adults that we restrict on ourselves. It makes us maybe feel vulnerable. Um, It makes us feel at risk of losing that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what it is, but we, you know, sometimes we don't let ourselves experience that. Or sometimes we do. Back to Trevor. Tell me a little bit about what the hobby means to you.
3: Well, uh, in general, I think the hobby itself is something that resonates with a lot of people nowadays. People want to get taken back to their youth. So a lot of nostalgic stuff is coming out uh, and being re-released. You're seeing it in movies. You're you're seeing it in media. I think a lot of people just want to be taken back to their childhood, and they just want uh, something that they can hold on to that gives them a, a sense of comfort and brings them back to the creativity, inspiration that they had when they were children. Speaking of being brought back, who better to talk to about my childhood
1: toys than the people who gave them to me? My mom and dad.
4: So uh, my name is Ryan Levitt, Uh, I'm Matt Levitt's dad. Uh, I'm 64 years old and uh, I don't know what else do you want? Okay. Do you
2: want me to say my age? No, you don't have to say. Okay, okay. Hey, I'm uh, Susan Levitt, and I'm Matt's mom. <laughs>
1: okay, and you can refer to me in the first person too, like like as though I'm here. Like, okay. Can, okay, okay. You don't have to refer to me as Matt.
4: Okay,
2: okay. I'm your mom. <laughs> okay. um, in case you forgot,
4: I remember um, when I thought about Christmas uh, when I was a kid. And the magic of Christmas, and you come downstairs, and there was some toys under the Christmas tree that you could actually see, and then and that just crazy. How did this happen? And and here they are, and wow, we get to play with these toys. And then, of course, as I grew older uh, and became a teenager, that magic of Christmas kind of dissipated, and uh, you know, I became a young adult, and and uh, and it was just kind of. Um, It wasn't like Christmas didn't matter anymore, but it wasn't magical. And then I remember when you guys were born. (laughs) And and we were so excited about you guys getting your toys. Anyway, we had to wake you guys up because we were so excited. (laughs) It was 8 o'clock. You
2: (laughs) You still weren't awake. (laughs) Yeah. We've been up since six (laughs) waiting for you.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, so that magic of Christmas came back um, with you being, uh, you know, just little guys.
2: The best Christmas is when we have the little grandkids. I love it when they come and they can open up the gifts from grandma and grandpa and and the aunties and uncles and stuff and just see the look on their face because it's all over again. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. kind of going back down memory lane <laughs>
4: yeah it was always important um that you guys liked your your toys that we got it was like oh i hope we get the right things you know so you want to be careful about picking. well and something.
2: we we went to such lengths you know, for when Doug wanted a GT snow racer. Oh my gosh, like we, Dad phoned every store in Edmonton. Everybody sold out. It's Christmas Eve, we were able to get a babysitter and we're going off to St. Albert to get a GT snow racer just so that Doug would have this thing for Christmas.
0: That magic of being a kid, right? Where we just don't know any better. Where we're just like, we're, 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 awed by the simplest things that, you know, as, as adults, we look back and are like, yeah, like mom and dad just ordered that from the catalog for us. But like, it wasn't that. It was so much more for us when we were little, you know, like Santa Claus brought that. We left our milk and cookies. We did all these things that, you know, that magic, again, I think is exactly why people want to collect. Because they feel that way again when they get when they when they rediscover it or they or they're able to buy that toy again, that brings them back to those moments, and those moments are are incredibly special to us as human beings. Like I really do think that they're a, a huge part of of what makes us who we are. I, I just think it's you know a very special time for kids and um, a very special time that gives us an opportunity you know as adults to kind of rediscover and just feel that way you know the
1: the toy collecting hobby is sort of you're sort of looking for these like little passport opportunities right and you're not necessarily even sure where when it's gonna come
0: I I think you know no matter how serious of a collector you get to the point where you're like the the upper echelons of the upper echelons and you have million dollar collections and and everything you're still doing that you're still caught off by those senses. You're still like, if you, you know, find a a beat-up copy of your favorite comic book when you are a kid, you might even have your same beat-up copy of your favorite comic book when you were a kid. That's going to take you back there. You might own every original art page of that comic book in your collection, and, and and it's worth like half a million dollars, but that comic book is irreplaceable. That comic book has a value that's, to you, that's absolutely priceless.
4: These things that seem to matter more than their net worth. You know, we'll go to an antique store, like the antique mall in Edmonton there, mm-hmm. and walk around there, and of all of the things that is in there, and that thing is packed full of stuff, the things that jump out at me are the toys. Mm-hmm. And if I see a toy there that I remember from when I was a kid, or even ones that you guys had, uh, you know, the the Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters, and Uh, different things like that, Uh, you know, a little Tonka toy or a little uh, matchbox toy that that I remember either I had or you had. It's like, oh, look at that. That really matters. And all of a sudden, it's this temptation to buy it because somehow it it just has this connection, this emotional connection that's hard to understand. And, And you can walk by thousands of other things that don't matter at all, but those things really matter. I think about all of the stuff that we have as adults. If they broke or a tornado came through and tore them all away, you just replace them. Just items don't really matter much. But as a kid, there's a magic there. And, and I think about other toys. Uh, I have um, a panda bear uh, right here just up on the shelf that I got, uh, it was my first Christmas. I actually have a picture of me with that panda bear. And it was always special, that that old panda bear that (laughs) mom had to sew button eyes on and fix its nose and stuff like that. And and, uh, I I remember um, as a kid just wishing that I wouldn't grow up because I didn't want to leave the panda bear behind.
2: (laughs) One toy that was very special is I got this um, lion, it was a lion pajama bag, and there was a pair of pajamas in it. And I love that line. I still have the line. I still give it a hug and a kiss, you know,
4: because it's, it's real to me. It takes me back to being a kid, and it, it's a sense of almost responsibility to look after the toys.
0: I think nostalgia plays a very, very, very important part in our lives these days. As we get older, we start to get, you know, inundated with the stresses of daily life. And there's these things that just kind of take us back to those moments of innocence and those moments of childhood. um, Maybe it's a special moment between a a family member uh, with your mom or your dad or your grandparents or something where you just had this one special moment and it was related around a toy. You know, toys have that power to take us back to special times because as we were kids, so much of what we did revolved around toys. As an adult, we want to kind of go back to that, whether we want to share it with our own kids or we want to just take away the, the pressures of life and just feel innocent and and you yeah, like a kid again
1: thanks again to shane trevor and my mom and dad susan and ryan if you want to be taken back you can visit shane's store i used to have that our music today was silent night by null sleep santa claus hides in the phonograph by Ernest Hare, plastic sputnik arcade punk remix by hallie Christmas Lights by TGR Banks, Old Lang Syne by Poddington Bear, and Old Lang Syne by Nevada Van der Veer. On our next episode, we visit a long gone diner, Hattie's Harlem Chicken Inn. So be sure to subscribe and follow the Royal Alberta Museum on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You are now leaving intangible Alberta.
0: And now I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
2: Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, children. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell.